Thursday night uh, before Rosh Hashanah, Shear 55. So we are again discussing different things that are something to think about when you study the world. Avram, at the age of three, already recognized the Rabbi Nishlom, but he didn't stop there. He continued researching for 70 years, until he, another 70 years, until he reached such a high state of perception that the Rabbi Nishlom gave him nevuah. The subject of purposeless, of, pur- of purposefulness in things must be pursued without weariness, which usually we get bored of it after a while. It's time to move on to a new topic. But he said, no, every day a person has to find a new observation or a deeper perception in an old observation because that is what helps a person grow. It's not finding new things. It's not looking for new horizons. It's building in the concepts that you know and making them deeper and more chashif. He said, give an example of the miracle of vomiting that the body can rid itself of disgusting things, spoiled things. Or the body has a tendency to reject any foreign bodies, which is clear when people, when people get grafts on skin or something like that. It's, you have to work around the body. Or the system that the body builds a cyst around a foreign or diseased matter to isolate it from the rest of the body. The miracle of antibodies. The disease leaves over a substance which which immunizes the body against a second attack. So not only does the body overcome something, but the body produces antibodies to to, uh, fight further if it ever comes again. How about callousing? Callus, which the regions of the skin which are subjected to hard use, the skin gets thicker over there, which provides natural gloves and shoes to protect the hands and feet from wearing out. If the stomach did not possess the ability to reject spoiled food, if the body did not cast off or reject foreign objects, if diseased tissues were not isolated, if antibodies were not created to ensure against repetition of disease, and if the skin did not possess the ability to become callous, to get thicker, could the body function? These are a tiny part of the innumerable, innumerable complicated mechanisms which demonstrate the gigantic intellect which is intent on the grand purpose of creation. For example, the embryo floats in a bag of water which absorbs the shock of blows and falls, which protects against the cold. As the embryo grows, it needs more nourishment, and therefore the fluid supply increases. When it's born, two fountains of milk are opened up and are ready. The nipple fits perfectly into the infant's mouth. The hole is not too big, because then the milk would come out too quickly and would choke. the child. The hole is not too small, because then the tired would get the child would get weary at weary from sucking and would stop. Right, when your person gets bottled, when a baby drinks bottles, that's one of the problems to get it perfectly right. But the Banishlam created it naturally. You don't need a no tries, it's set up perfectly. The first drop of milk 
is colorless shkayach habitzchak, which acts as a safeguard against bacteria. That's why, that's um, that's the first milk, not really milk, but that the woman produces. In order not to be wearied by the constant labors that are put upon them by the infant, why don't parents get work get tired of dealing with their children? The Benishlam gave them a divine spell. It's an amazing thing if you think about it, that they see a bald and toothless child as the most cutest thing that ever existed in the world. And they have it's like a it's like a divine spell. The Benishlam like like hypnotize them in order that they should have the patience that's necessary for everything the child needs. The infinite the infant is fortunate that it doesn't possess understanding. Let's say an infant would have seichel. He would go out of his mind from what he can't do. An animal possess an animal possesses at birth its full intelligence. But a child is helpless, speechless, disgusting would be mentally distressed if he understood his inferiority and degradation. Uh, an infant can't speak. Why can't an infant speak? Because if he would be wet or hungry, he would try to persuade his parents to help him. But they would overcome his arguments by their abilities and they would explain that they already changed his clothing or he fed an hour ago. So therefore, you could have a whole discussion so instead of arguing his cause, the baby cries. And immediately all the parents' arguments wear away and they quickly do what the infant wants. There's a Mori de Gazach. Think about it. Why? What's the Mori de Gazach? A whole year, we dive into the Banishlam. We say, this, we need this, we need that. Roshana, what do we do? Shafer. It's like a child crying. There's no handler, I. If Hashem just tells too, if we can handle, do you need it? Do you really need the Pranasa? Or the yeah, or the name, you don't need it. But if you cry, like a baby cries, there's no there's no back and forth. It is what it is. So the Shafer is a marshal to cry. And Avela, all the parents' arguments, so to speak, and weariness melt away, and they quickly do what the child wants. It's the only time in the year that we do something that has no, like, you can do an action, you shake a lulav, it's an action, but like, to make noise, we never do that. Like, either you daven, you say slichas, you say kinnas, you say shmanesu, you say shma. There's different things that we say. One time a year we don't say anything, we just stand there and blow. What exactly are we doing? Who are you blowing? Who are you talking? What are you saying? Ted says, you're saying nothing. You're supposed to say absolutely nothing. Your mom is doing like a child. I can't read and he can't talk. There's nothing to say. We're just crying out with the shaifer. And that gives the, the Rebbeinu Shalom, so to speak, lahavdil. But that's the pshat. Neir de gazach. Neir de gipshat. Mamisha. Whole new pshat. In Tkiya Shafer. Kavaldik. What do we do? Shabbos Vesachmisht. Sing maybe. There's a big machlaikis between the Chassidim and the Litvisha. If you have, if you sing a nigan without words, Chassidim have plenty of nigunim and don't have any words to them. You just sing a nigan. Litvisha, there's no such thing. 
You sing words. Sing anigan. Stamahalmanigan. Sing words. There's an akud over here. No words. Just sing. No words. That's the akuda. Something to it. Anyway, a very interesting point. Let's, if you look at the teeth of a child, they don't all fall out at the same time, right? A child has teeth. If, you would, if all his teeth would fall out at the same time, he wouldn't be able to eat. They fall out one by one. Well, what's, what, what, what's in control to make sure one tooth falls out, the other one doesn't? Mechdesi. And if you look at it, in every kid, it's not the same teeth that fall out in order. One kid has this tooth falling out first. But everybody's the same. They're not all the teeth fall out at once. It's pshat. Because the Banisham set up like that. This is Chavis writes. These are but a few of the most easily observed, planned marvels. But in the development of the fetus and the child, there are 10,000 more intricately planned contrivances, whatever that means. But there are details that the Banisham plans out. So nothing slips by, HaKadosh Baruch. You see, everything was planned. So if it seems like something happened to you that seemed to slip by the Rabbi Nishlam, and nothing slipped by him. He saw exactly what was going on, and he did it on purpose, and it's Vedafka like that. But that's what you see. The pre-planning, the way the Rabbi planned uh, the development of every child.